It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Backpack Broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content, but now you can get more of the content you love. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today. Podcast episode 109. Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca, coming to you from the Gotham Podcast Studio. You know what time it is? Trade time. Oh, trade deadline is one of my favorite parts of the year. Why? It really is. Because this is all my. It was. Look, I've told you this is the closest thing to being a heroin addict that I'm ever gonna be. Because I'm just on my phone. A lot of better feelings than the trade deadline. All my phone. You're not living enough. I'm not an addict for certain. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, wait, wait, wait. You're trying to say, <laughs> wait, this is the closest thing that you will feel to being a heroin addict, yes. which is saying that you're getting high off of this in some way. Every transaction, what I'm every say- transaction for that week yeah. is just, it's I'm just, not, it's not, just like, no. oh my god. And what I'm saying, it's just shooting it into my arms. What I'm saying to you is. <laughs> There's a lot of better feelings in this world than every feeling of the transaction. Okay, yes, I've been laid so, before. So you've been. Trust I'm me. not addicted to sex. If that's what you're trying to like, sort of make the so correlation. You're addicted in. to trades? No, what I'm saying is just <laughs> the news of it coming out for that specific time period, like that, just that day, just that day, because it's just crazy. I mean, you know, sex, sex is, you know, you, you. It happens. This is this has gone horribly left. Happens on a <laughs> weekly basis. There sh- it shouldn't even be comparable to the trade deadline because it's not. But it happens more often. There's only one trade deadline a year. The feeling's still not comparable to that. I'm not saying it is. Kind of. <laughs> All right, I'm done here. God, <laughs> don't ask me how. You could get laid a hundred times in a year. Or you couldn't. Which I probably had. No, in no, no. 2019. The is well, what I'm saying is... Do you realize is, that there's some people out there that they, they're getting laid is like a trade, trade deadline for them? And I guarantee you what they'll say, and they can love basketball. Let's say for somebody... You know what's, they, you they know only, what's a trade they deadline They only get laid once a year, <laughs> and they have a trade deadline once a year. And I, I, you know what they're going to say is better? The getting laid. You know what? You know, no, you know what part guarantee. of it... For me, it's not getting laid. It's just the after-the-fact the after the fact learning that you did it the right way, and you know what I mean by that. 
I don't know what any of this means. By coming away with no kids. <laughs> unless <laughs> <See>? unless <laughs> you're the people that are trying to have kids. No. <laughs> unless you but there are those people exist too, so I can't just totally for, close for them me, off. For me, it's too early for you're that. talking about practicing is actually actually going for, going for the goal. That's what we'll talk about. I want my Trojan sponsorship. No, it's that's not what happening. I want. <laughs> Anytime let me tell you something. Anytime you talk about sex in this podcast, it's awful. <laughs> it goes well. It, it, Bang bros. It goes really left. It goes really left. <laughs> How do you want me to talk about it? Though? No, I'm just the I'm, only way it can go is left. Look, man. Look, look at the activity. All I'm saying. If is, you really think, I it. love the trade deadline. There's a lot of better highs or feelings that I could get. You, than look, the trade I, I wasn't allowed to articulate myself correctly, I, but it's fine. I'm just gonna horribly. take the. I'm just gonna take the, L, take the L. And if this is your first time learning or listening. To this oh, ain't hard to tell podcast. To more ridiculousness in <laughs> How about that? If this is your first time listening to this the podcast, the closest I would feel to <laughs> being a heroin addict is the trade deadline. See, now you're just gonna pay me in a bad light. You said you know it. You saying? painted yourself. Now you're just gonna pay me in a bad you light. No, nah, I, I reject the premise. You said it. I reject that. You I, said it. <laughs> you, you. It's your words. I did not misquote you. You said it. This is getting clipped forever. That's fine. I'll live with that. I live with that. It, it, it would be wrong to do you dirty for people to hear just that part without the context. Yeah, like if somebody just clips apart. But as uh, I feel but like. as I've said, like on this pod on this podcast, just like in our regular conversations, I'm the wild card, right? So I've no <laughs> no 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 no, no, no. That, that's like no, a nice no. PC term no. for like yeah. But I'll be saying I'll be wilding. I'll be wilding. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. but like here's the thing. I someone told me this recently. I hung out with a couple of my friends recently that I haven't seen in a while. And one of them told me like, "Yo, you know who you are? You're the dude that every time I speak to you, at some point in the conversation, you're just going to say the wild shit. You're just going something's just going to come out of your mouth and everybody's just going to laugh and it's just going to be ridiculous and then we're going to try to move on but we're not going to be able to." Or nobody laughs and they just say that it's ridiculous, which I did in this situation. You laughed also. Cuz it's ridiculous. <laughs> yes. Not laughing cuz I thought it was be funny. Both. I'm not even trying to be funny. I'd just be saying shit. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> you know what, folks, listeners? Uh, he just said that he'd be saying shit. And if you heard his comment about heroin and basketball, <laughs> exhibit A. That's all I will say. However, the trade deadline is great. Is it as great as Brian's saying? No, it's not. It's just not like that. You got some more living to do, man. Oh, I, I Listen. <laughs> I'm not gonna get trade it. Trade deadline's great, but this I'm not gonna get myself in a more. Just please just, don't. Just, just, just please don't. D'Angelo Russell, Andrew Wiggins. What do you think? <laughs> We're just gonna jump into it like that. After that, just gonna jump into it. Like, okay, fine. Let's jump into it. Well, no, no. I'm gonna throw it back to you since it was such a high, right? And it felt so great. Yes. What was I tra- snorted all of it? <laughs> you went from shooting to snorting. Yeah. Fo- problem, folks. Problems. <laughs> lot, lot, man. No, lot but, he, but see, you what took it, it in what? a different direction. I'm just saying this is no. the close. No. no, you steered the ship right there. <laughs> no, because you brought I up. Just tried to question it. You steered the ship right. You, where you, you brought up the it. sexual aspect. No, no, all I'm saying no, no, no is- I didn't. You actually brought it up. I said there were things that are better. You brought up sex. All right, whatever. About all that. right, whatever. No, because like I, that's what I thought you were implying. Because clearly, I'm nope. not saying that. That's, th- that's you. That's all in your head. Okay, what I'm basically saying to our to try to articulate this one last final happy time. Black History Month, folks. <laughs> Just want to let you know. I'm that Puerto too. Rican, but yes, I'm happy still Black saying History, Happy Black History <laughs> Month. I don't know why we're throwing it in here. Oh, because we forgot to say that because we got to talk, we're talking. About oh, right. <laughs> I forgot to say that. I you were gonna, okay. Um, 
what I'm basically saying is what I should have said, what I should have said, what I should have said was this is the closest thing I'll feel to being a drug addict. That's what I should have said. Doesn't make it better. Because I don't do drugs. It doesn't make it better. Okay, fine. I give up. Doing drugs or not. No, no. Doing drugs or not, there are things that can you can feel high of. And you actually brought up the point. This is why you made the point. You were like, you can be addicted to other things. Completely true. And that's why you brought up Sometimes you just get on the mic and things happen. All right. You get in the mic long enough, you're gonna say some dumb shit. Again, exhibit A. All oh, right. But, but that was but that was well worth it. It's <laughs> oh, it made me laugh. This will be on the Ain't Hard to Tell 2020 Reel. It'll be This will be on my podcast reel. My next one. It'll be legendary till next time. Oh, uh, my head hurts. This is how I felt. This is <laughs> no, nah, because when you laugh and you get lightheaded or whatever, this is how I felt in the Uba Duba episode. God. That's a top five eight hard to tell oh, episode. Jesus. Y'all gotta go back and listen to that. Still one. don't. You type. You, you, <laughs> I still don't. Understand. What was the name of that episode? Question everything. Question everything. I think that's what it was. Yep. Yeah, it was like fifty one or something like Which that. Which is what I did at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, you said that you, you felt great about this trade deadline. What was the trade that captivated you, or or, or you thought? Oh, come on. Come what's on. the trade that captivated you? Andre Iguodala going to Miami. My squad. <laughs> I'm lightheaded again. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. So let me let me go let me go through the process of sort of reliving the high that no, I went through on no, this trade. No, no. Was no. The trade deadline Thursday? Yeah. So Wednesday is when the reports came out. Uh, I believe Wolves was first. Which I mean, he's Wolves, so he'll probably be first and stuff. First and most detailed, I should say, because some people are first, kind of. But it doesn't really count if you're not giving out all the details. It's just kind of like, oh, one thing happened. And then it's like, wait, where's everything else? Some other reporters do that. We don't count that. Uh, Woes tweeted out first, Andre Iguodala, Justice Winslow. That's all the information he had at that time. Pretty much made that part of it clear. Um, the next day we learn, <laughs> somehow, Miami managed to trade Deion Waiters and James Johnson. They're two sort of, you know, the two guys that have given him the most trouble this year. Off the court. And they got Solomon Hill and Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder, who's going to help them. Solomon Hill, who might even help them provide some sort of minutes at the stretch four position. And Andre Iguodala, championship pedigree. You know, Pat Riley loves those guys that have sort of been through those wars. A guy who could defend Mm -hmm. four positions, I think. Probably three at this point of his career. I don't know if you want to put him in point guards necessarily. Um, But... That's somebody that could also knock down a big three and is going to play spot minutes for you down the stretch of the season and play in some closing lineups in the playoffs. That's basically what you need them for. You basically traded three dudes who aren't in your rotation right now, two because they sort of fizzled out in Miami, James Johnson and Deion Waiters, and Justice Winslow, who played 11 games this season and is still hurt mysteriously. It's been a back injury. It's been this. It's been that. Whatever the case may be, he was injured a bunch of last season. And the best that we saw him last season was when he played point guard. He's not going to play point guard in Memphis. But I still like that Memphis got him back. But what I'm saying for the Miami aspect of it is you're trading three guys who really weren't in your rotation for most of this season. You're getting back Iguodala, who is clearly in shape. You're getting back Jay Crowder, who not a great shooter, but can hit a three. When you need him to, he'll probably have more spacing with his Miami team, and he's going to defend. And he's tough. He'll punch Giannis in the face if it comes to that in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, you need some goons. You, lo- you love that. That's you need best. some goons. He's on the O'Brien team. Oh, Jay Crowder is on the O'Brien team. Oh. I think there are four, three or four Miami Heat players on the O'Brien team. Got, did anybody listen to this podcast can hear the excitement in your voice from, my, from Miami. It, it's 
it's beyond. You are you've now become insufferable regarding the Heat. It's, really? Yeah. Isn't that bad? Jay Crowder is actually on the second All Brian team too. Oh, I have geez. I have three teams of five. We have Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo from Miami is on team one. Jay Crowder is on team two. James Jesus Johnson was on Christ. team three. So yeah, there are three Miami Heat. Look, players. here's the thing for me. Here. And and on top of that, you get Solomon Hill, who's an expiring contract, and they almost got Danilo Gallinari too, which would have put him over the, the top. We can look at this. Let's look at this the ways we have to look at it. No, that's that. That was all an objective no, thing, no, though. No, no, I'm not, no, was, no, no, no. I'm not saying you're looking at it wrong. I'm just saying when we everything you said is fine. Lord, the Miami Heat, they did a fantastic job here. I mean, but if you really want to talk about it, they fleeced the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> Oh, you're going harder on them. Okay. Oh, they, oh, they fleeced oh, them. I didn't want <laughs> You were being kind. I was. I'm not being kind. I, was, I mean, they're, people are celebrating that they're buying out Dion Waiters. It's like he has two years left on that deal. <clears throat> he has this year. I, I just don't understand how Miami, when I said Miami has had a track record of being a good front office. So let's give them credit where credit is due. When I say I don't understand, I just don't understand how Memphis said, are we going to take back these contracts? Of guys who've been problems. That doesn't mean I don't think Deion Waiters can still play. That doesn't mean I don't think James Johnson can still play. I still think they can. They don't really fit into Memphis's timeline and what they're rebuilding there. Justice Justice Winslow is a nice get for them. However, there are some concerns. Well, oh wait, as you said, that he's always injured. James Johnson also got flipped for Gorgie Jang. Oh yeah, so I forgot about so that. There's that part of it. Which I mean, is that better? Really? Is it? Is it? Yeah, it is. It does make it a little bit better. Gorgie Jang is going to be good for the Grizzlies. He yeah. fits into what they do. James Johnson's in Minnesota. He gets paid. Both- James, James Johnson's a solid player yeah, when he's healthy. They both get paid some money. Gorgie Jang too, but I think Gorgie Jang fits more into what Memphis is trying back to Back up Jonas Valanciunas. I didn't love it for them. I mean, they're going to buy out waiters. That's kind of the rumor. I'm intrigued by, I'm, I am intrigued though by a John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Justice Winslow, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Jonas Valanciunas lineup yeah, with Brandon Clark being the sixth, sixth man. man. That's a, I, that's that's a very intriguing lineup. If Winslow could get on the floor, that's yeah, the thing. That's the key for that. But look, they got off of the, the Heat got players that can help them now they didn't mess with their 2021 uh cap space flexibility because they did sign uh andre Iguodala to a two-year extension one it year is one year one plus one. one plus one see that's that but that's my thing about this team like i told you my whole thing because i'm not a heat fan but i love you are no no, no i'm not no i'm not you practically are no you're a suedo heat fan what is that like you're kind of a Heat fan of Jason, isn't it? Pseudo, pseudo, suedo, whatever, pseudo suedo. I like whatever. suedo. Suedo yeah. sounds fly. I think it sounds a little more, uh, whatever. Um, I disagree, but what I'm saying is, okay. I like players on that team, and I like how the front office operates from a basketball standpoint. So I'm a fan of how they operate. Yes. Okay, okay, fair enough. Yes. Fan of how they operate. I'm not a fan of the laundry necessarily. Although, but, although their Vice City jerseys are. Oh, well, get, no, no, no. I mean, yeah, in that respect. But I'm saying, like, I'm not a root for the name on the front. Like, I don't care yeah. about that stuff. Yeah. But I just like how you they also operate. Do, you also do want Bank Bros to put their name on the arena. Yes. You seem very. When you put all that together, it's like, I'm kind of invested in. No, like, but here's the thing. I'm messing with you. I also, I also really like the Clippers and how they operate. Yes. I love Doc Rivers. Yep. And I love what they've been able to build there. That's sort of like my favorite sort of Western Conference team to watch, okay. right? Um, I do enjoy Miami more because there's a little more of an underdog feel to them because they don't have Kawhi and Paul George and all this other stuff. Where the Clippers are kind of the favorites, Miami's not. But Miami, Miami's got that fuck you attitude. And if you know me, and if you know me from watching and listening to this podcast, you know that I have that fuck you attitude. You know what does I'm he? saying? Does he? Yes. Do yes. Do I'm very much treated as an outsider in what we do for a living. See, what 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 this see. Yeah, you know what I'm you, saying? You like the chip on the shoulder guy. Yeah. You are a chip on yeah, your shoulder guy. Yeah, I am. 
The problem, Dexter, I made a web series. You know what I'm saying? Like, I left a job. I left two jobs, right? I'm tr- like, yes, sure, trying to get another one. Left two because over principle. Over principle, lack of pay, things that just didn't work out for me. Left on good terms. This is not a knock on them. But what I'm saying is there are certain things that I stand for, right? And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this myself. Spent a bunch of money on equipment. Got some people I know that could help me. Made a web series. Was able to get it into film festivals and things like that. That's Miami Heat mentality, baby. Oh my That's God. Miami Heat mentality. Oh you know what goodness. I'm saying? Like, if things, like, you just got to do things yourself sometimes. I agree with all that. Like, you I know agree what I with mean? all that. The problem is, I agree like, if with. Like, there, if there's a team that I can get behind, yeah, if there's a see, culture. This, this is the fandom. This if there's the a culture talking. that I can get this behind. The, yeah, and yeah, there you go. <laughs> and this is, this is the making. What you just heard is the making of a Miami Heat fan. <laughs> That is the making of a Miami fan. Like, Brian, you just... But it's, you, di- it's different now because, look, it's different now. No, and, look, it may change if and when they sign Giannis in 2021, which they're gearing see, up see, for. See, no, see, I don't no, know if that's going to happen. See, I see. Hold on. Hold on. Hold but, on. But hold it on. wasn't this hold way when they had LeBron. Hold up. <laughs> True. And I agree it's different. I do. But yeah. here's the thing. You can't get off loving the culture when they get the big guy, when they've done everything to build oh, but the here's the thing. The no, 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 but here's It sounds to me like you only love the process to a certain point. No, 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 because I'm not. But here's the thing, right? At some point, like bringing it back to me personally, even you personally, at some point you want to get to that next level. Oh, okay. That next I level agree. is you. You're not just building this for the sake of just staying here, mad at the world, independent, doing Except this, grassroots level right and all this stuff. Yeah, that's cool. But like at some point... The other shoe has to fall. You may have to bend a little bit. You may have to spend a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You may have to bend a little bit. There's a negotiation process in order to get the job you want or in order to get the person you want or in order to get the things you want. You got a lot to get off your chest. Yeah. In order to get these things in life that you want, you have to be able to compromise to some degree, which is what I've looked into the mirror and I've said to myself, Brian, you have to compromise and accept it. And I've sort of shifted. I talk to myself a lot. I've sort of shifted this mentality. Is anybody shocked? I sort of shifted. Shifted into this mentality, especially recently, because it's like, yo, I'm looking at a whole bunch of things. There are some opportunities that could be on the table, and I'm going to compromise for that. Uh, Miami's going to have to compromise their growing process in order to try to get Giannis Antetokounmpo or a whale, sort of like that, in order for Pat Riley to have his last run. There's a lot of crossover factors here. I, there are certain people that I can't yeah, wait to listen thing, to this will, part of the podcast. Will you still love them the same way when they do that? That's the thing. That's the you. cherry on top. If they if they end up getting young, it's like this is but here's why I say teams like the Knicks and you will not dispute this teams like the Knicks they they could they could learn from this oh oh absolutely they could, I don't but that's what that I'm one. saying is I just love how they operate Pat Riley's like you know what we're not gonna tank uh, we're the Miami Heat so let me tell you my take Eric Spoelstra is like my we're not gonna load man we're the Miami away. Heat like they know who they are I know who I am. On a personal level, right? You're still, I find, just, you're still finding out who you are. Right, but like, I know who I am. At least I feel like I have a good handle on that for someone at 26. Right, you have a good awareness. Yes, I have good self-awareness. Um, are you aware enough to realize one thing? There's one thing I'm not sure that you realize. What's that? The, do you have the awareness to realize that you are indeed a Miami Heat fan? Because <laughs> saying all that, it sounds like you're a Miami Heat fan. There are just a lot of factors that I could identify uh-huh, with. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> all right. 
Miami did a great Listen, job. Listen, you gotta remember, your boy used to work in public relations. All right, oh, I know how to. Oh, 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 you're spinning and selling some stuff right here. That's for sure. But I'm telling people, versatile background. I'm telling people the real is the real is. Um, he loves the culture. He does. Like what Brian? But is I respect saying, what Brian. It, is saying, I respect what it Brian tremendously. is saying is true. I do, and knowing you as I do. I do really feel like a lot of the values and stuff align to what you like. I don't think there's anything fraudulent about what you're saying. I, like, I'm joking about that, but I'm just saying yeah. me, my knowing of you as a person, that is real. And I'm saying, and I do agree with you that there is, I know we're going off a tangent here, but I do think there is something to be admired in the Miami Heat culture and what they've done. If you really look at what they've done and flipping a lot of something out of nothing, most people two years ago, let's keep it let's keep it 100, most people two years ago were sitting there saying, Yo, I don't know what Miami can Last do. Last year. They don't have Last a lot of flexibility, even. right? Yeah. They they flipped uh, Josh Richardson to getting, getting uh, Jimmy Butler. Also, I will say this, and I said this to Brian on the phone the other day. This is true. Brian knows I'm saying this. Could we put some respect on Jimmy Butler's name? He has led this good group of young people, maybe for Jimmy Butler, maybe all the people out there that were saying, Jimmy Butler doesn't fit here. Jimmy Butler doesn't work here. Jimmy Butler causes problems here. Maybe he actually needed to get into a place where the culture matched what he does. Some of you guys can probably apply that into work in your life and situation. We all should. And look into maybe the best things for us is getting into places where the culture aligns with, sound of what you were saying, yeah. the values, beliefs of what you have. I don't want to go into too much of a tangent of that. Right. But I do think there's something to be said about that. And I do think the Miami Heat organization deserves some credit for that. One against it, D'Angelo Russell and Andrew Wiggins. Yes. Last on. thing on this. One thing about Jimmy Butler, undisputable fact, and I texted you this the other day. Yeah. Every team that he's left has gotten worse. Every team that he's gone to has gotten better. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash A-H-T-T. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. D'Angelo Russell That's it. Uh, was traded. Uh, this was kind of the big thing on trade deadline day where Brian probably felt the highest of highs ever. So the Warriors traded Jacob Evans, D'Angelo Russell, and Omari Spellman to the Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves. Excuse wow. me. Omari Spellman, for, first round pick on his third team in two years. Yep. For Andrew Wiggins. A 2021 first round pick and a 2021 second round pick that's top three protected becomes unprotected in 2022 if it doesn't convey in 2021. Your thoughts on this trade? Um, I'm I'm coming around a little bit than I was. I didn't like it for Golden State at first. I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this because I'm not a fan of Andrew Wiggins and his game. Um, I'm going to say this, though. I have this weird feeling Andrew Wiggins is going to figure it out in Golden State, yeah, man. Me too. I got this feeling he's going to figure it out in Golden me State. Too. And I have a feeling I don't know if D'Angelo Russell's going to – well, not that no, he's not going to yeah. figure it out. But I think he's going to be fine in, in Minnesota. But I don't know if I trust that what they have is going to be developed into enough. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I, you mean like supporting pieces? The supporting pieces, the the front office. I Like, I don't know. I don't know. And – you know, the lack of defense between D'Angelo Russell and Carl Towns. So I texted you shortly before we started recording this. I was like, did you listen to what Zach Lowe said about D'Angelo Russell? Where he, he kind of eviscerated him on his podcast, essentially. And there were some points that I... And remember, I covered D'Angelo Russell for a couple of years when he was at the Nets. There are a couple of things where I'm like, yeah, I mean, I disagree where he says that he doesn't see that he's probably going to ever be a top 8 to 10 point guard because I absolutely see an avenue for him doing that. Mm -hmm. Offensively. Defensively, 
Not so sure about that, right? Um, him and Carl Anthony Towns together, just kind of not going to help you a lot defensively at two very, very, very important positions, especially in the Western Conference where you have other combinations like Denver has with Jamal Murray, even though he's not really a point guard, and Nikola Jokic. And then you have the Lakers obviously have, I mean, LeBron's practically playing point guard now. And Even then, Doncic and Porzingis, right? Like Porzingis is a way better defender. Yeah, than basically Carlton a ball dominant guard right. and a, a versatile big. Right. You know what I mean? That the, combination. The, in the, West. the other bigs are better defensive players, and that's 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 the big thing here. Do I think D'Angelo, Carl Anthony Towns kind of Kevin Loveish? Do I think like peak like Kevin Love when he was in Minnesota? Similar numbers. He's a better shooter, but. Yeah, I can see that. Like the he's the evolved form of what Kevin Love was. Yeah, he's bigger, stronger, the thing is, faster. I think but. the thing for that is with the, that part of the trade is how successful do you think they can be together? I too disagree with Zach Lowe. I think he was selling D'Angelo Russell a little bit short on there. I'm with you, and I think he can be a top eight. I've also believed in D'Angelo Russell's talent coming out of Ohio State. Um, I think his passing is underrated. He's starting to get to the line more. There are things he's doing is good. I think how good the team could be is based on what you said. What they what is supporting cast they have around him? They have struck out a lot in the draft. You have to look at that with Minnesota. They've I like Jared Culver, but mm. yeah, it's maybe, early. It's early. Maybe you flip him now, though. I don't know. I don't know. I like Josh Okogi too, but even in even when I covered him like closely, I watched him closely in college at the NIT because he was sort of one of the better prospects there, and they made it to the Final Four. Yeah, Okogi's a nice player. He could. He was never a consistent jump shooter, though. No. And I don't know if that's going to come. It could, it could for some guys because he's athletic. I like him defensively, but I Malik mean, Beasley I, I, was a good pickup. They got another trade, which we'll yeah. get to. That I mean, I'll but see. look at the three dudes we just named. They're all, they all play the same position. Right. And that's, <laughs> that, but that's what makes you think they're probably going to make more moves. Now, here's the thing. Did you find it interesting – that the Warriors ended up taking a 2021 first-round pick, not the 2020. This 2020 draft is considered to be pretty weak. I thought the Warriors, they didn't want to get an immediate return, but I think that was actually a smart move by them. Two things on that. One, this draft is not expected to be that great at, at outside of the top of the draft. There are some guys that I really like. I'm a little less high on Cole Anthony now than I was probably before he started playing at UNC, but I still think he's probably the best point guard in this draft. Yep. Uh, LaMelo Ball, to me, is a very good combo card. Talented as hell. I would consider taking him first overall, but it kind of depends because I really like James Wiseman. And I know the NBA is getting away from the big man, but I think James Wiseman is somebody who, if he lands, I wish in, I could see him more. Seen him, seen him if more, he man. lands in Golden State, which has been my conspiracy theory all along, you're looking at Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, James Wiseman. Jesus Christ. Um, and then Anthony Edwards from Georgia is really good, and Obi Toppin, uh, from Dayton is very athletic who is going to turn a lot of people's heads, especially if that team wins the A-10 and makes it to the NCAA tournament. So stay tuned for that. But that's why I think the 2021 pick sort of is a factor there. And also, doesn't seem like Golden State really liked the D'Angelo Russell experience that much because, one, they didn't trade him for that much. Like, theoretically, they didn't, they didn't get as much out of him as I thought they could have. Like, I thought the Knicks could have assembled a package that was good enough. Maybe that was the other hard offer because there there are some reports. I know our boy Ian Begley sort of reported some stuff around this. I don't know what the exact package was, but I, I envisioned that, especially seeing what they got in return, maybe they wanted Andrew Wiggins to some degree. I don't know. But I could have seen well, <clears throat> where the Knicks would have assembled something like a Marcus Morris, a Frank Nielakina, an Alonzo Trier, and a first-round pick, and that could have been – a comparable package. However, Andrew Wiggins more ready 
and locked them to a long-term deal. And a position of need they had. They needed, where, they needed yes. a three. Marcus and, Morris is not going to help them much because you're just getting him this year. Right. And I think that's what they were looking for. Can we get a guy in a position of need? They probably believe in their culture. They can turn him around. What Maybe they do turn Andrew. If Look, here's the key to that deal for the Warriors. If Andrew Wiggins becomes a more efficient player and plays defense. A better Harrison Barnes. They it'll be it'll look like a steal. Now will you still be overpaying him? Yes, but it will look like a steal. And if the pick they get, whatever pick they have this year, if they depending, we also here's the other thing you have to remember: the pick they get this year also they're gonna have two picks the following year. One is gonna be very high probably because of Minnesota, depending on where they are. Maybe maybe not. Yo, they could flip that if they go after a certain somebody who might be available, or maybe disgruntled and looking to get away from their team. In 2021, so I'm looking. They have options. I'm thinking about the D'Angelo Russell aspect of this, and I like I tweeted out earlier the morning that we recorded this. I'm like, yo, dudes, this talented and this young, already having an All Star under his belt. People say, you know, All Star with an asterisk because he got in because Victor Oladipo. Like, honestly, Victor Oladipo should not have been All Star that year because he was hurt. I mean, not because he was hurt, because he wasn't playing that well. Like his numbers significantly dropped off from the previous season. I have no idea why he was an All Star there. Uh, he should have been Russell was better than him and Lowry that season. Um, but regardless, I think that the D'Angelo Russell thing is interesting because four teams inside of three calendar years, because the Lakers traded him in 2017 right before the draft in June. Then he was with the Nets for two years and Golden State for less than a year. Now Minnesota. And he's just turning 24 this month. That's the thing people forget. That is weird. But that's weird. That doesn't happen to dudes like that. So what I'm wondering is, and this is where I agree with Zach, the sort of disconnect between how good do fans think he actually is or sort of the perception of what he is versus what people in the league think about him. And, I mean, if he's reporting that, then, you know, he's somebody that would know the people inside the league and what they think about him. But D'Angelo Russell, and I learned this from covering the Nets, I thought Jeremy Lin had stands. And he does. Well, boy. D'Angelo Russell, that dude has some stance. And there's no there's no factor in terms of like, oh, you know, he's one of us. Because Jeremy Lin, he speaks to a certain... Certain community yes. in a certain way, right. And we know that. But with D'Angelo Russell, it was just, you know, he, he looks cool. He dresses like a star. You know what I mean? His game is flashy. That All those sort of things. And he was a Laker. That matters. He was a Laker that Laker fans were sort of divided on trading, especially when they got Lonzo Ball in return, and now Lonzo Ball is no longer there, and the whole thing with Magic Johnson. He became sort of a sympathetic figure on the way out the door, and then the Net fans really rallied behind him. So he's sort of become this polarizing figure, and I'm wondering if that distorts how some people look at him, both inside the NBA and outside, because on the surface, like, he's a really talented player. He's getting to the foul line more this year, which is a knock that I had on him previously. Getting to the foul line more this year. Uh, he's been dinged up a little bit, which is a concern I had, you know, because he had some injuries with the Lakers and with the Nets as well. But I'm I'm going to be I'm gonna be fascinated by how this sort of unfolds. I just don't think it's going to be uh, what Minnesota probably thinks, unless unless they improve around around him and Towns. Really. We'll see. You know, a lot of these trades, you got to wait a couple Covington times. with both of them we'll would have been nice if they would have found a way to but keep him. Good, but good transition. Moving on to that, Robert Covington was traded. That was one of the first uh, dominoes in all these trades that fell. Big team, uh, team trade, four-team trade, mm. which happened. That was the night before the trade deadline. This was uh, – it was between the Hawks, Rockets – excuse me, Hawks, Rockets, Timberwolves, and Nuggets. Yeah. 
All right. I had trouble doing this in 2K uh, in my league. The Hawks traded Evan Turner in a 2020 first-round pick to the Timberwolves. The Denver Nuggets traded Malik Beasley, Juan Hernan Gomez, Jared Vanderbilt to the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Rockets then traded Clint Capella, the big name in his trade, along with Nene to the Atlanta Hawks. The Houston Rockets traded Gerald Green in a 2020 first-round pick to the Denver Nuggets. The Timberwolves traded uh, Keita Bates-Diop, Shabazz Napier, and Noah Vonley to the Denver Nuggets. And the Timberwolves then traded Jordan Bell. Robert Covington, probably second big name in this trade, the main piece to the Rockets. Uh, the pick is Golden State's 2026 second round pick. Um, and the other second round pick in here is Brooklyn's 2020 second round pick. Now, the big name, obviously, is the Rockets. Uh, ship out Clint Capella. Robert Covington goes to the Rockets. The Rockets are now all in on going small, playing small ball. We saw their first game with the post of trade. They played the Lakers. They won. They beat the Lakers. To which Daryl Morey sometimes probably needs to be a little bit more quiet. Came out and said that he believes that they could beat the Lakers. To which I didn't know. I don't know why nobody ever asked. Sometimes I get mad at journalists. This gets me mad. <laughs> why did somebody ask the follow up question, which is like, what do you mean by that? Do you mean beat the Lakers in a seven game series? Do you mean beat the Lakers in one game? Because I'm like, blind squirrel can find a nut. But. What do you mean by that? And nobody ever questions Daryl Morey and this stuff, or anybody. This happens a lot of times. It gets me annoyed in journalism. It's like, how do you not ask the obvious follow-up? We're, we're gonna. St- I'm. I'm not even joking. We're gonna start a new segment called "Sometimes I Get Mad at Journalists," that, that, and we're gonna bring this up every now and then. Yeah, like, come, like or do better journalists. Um, they're all in on the small ball thing. Some people are about this. You are a small guy, so it seems to me like you probably would be about this life, which is. You know, I mean, it is your life that you are shorter. But being about this life that you support teams going smaller, trying to space it out. We saw them beat the Lakers, but then they lost the following night to the Phoenix Suns. So how do you feel about this as the resident expert on shortness on this podcast? Are you ready to be surprised? I hope the Houston Rockets fail miserably. <laughs> I hope they you're not, fail. You're not rooting for your people. I, I hope they I hope It's not really your people, but I, still. But you know what it is. You know what my people are? My people are. Oh, no, 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 no. Everybody knows, man. You don't have to explain the all-Brian team. We know it's tough. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Probably punch you in the face. No, no, no. That's not even what I'm getting at. extra aggressive. But my people (laughs) don't look at basketball players as simply numbers. And that's what I have a big problem with Houston because they're sort of the engineers of this, right? And they're just like, all right, we're going to go super small. And we're going to just disregard the center. And I don't want to see them win because I don't know what that's going to say to the center position even more than it already has. We just saw Andre Drummond get traded for absolutely nothing, right? We're already seeing the devaluing of the center position. And now Houston's going to have the audacity to just try to do this without one. And I feel short me feels bad for the big guys because now all of a sudden you're looking at, oh, so there's not a place for me anymore? Like, I honestly felt bad for Roy Hibbert on the way out the door. You know what I mean? Like, there are some people that I think can contribute a lot to basketball, whether it be blocking shots, whether it be rebounding or whatever, but then you have some people come in and they just want to make the game as numbers-based as possible. Do you think this work, yes or no? No, I think they're going to be a first-round team, one and done. Okay. And they're going to lose early in the playoffs. I I think that Lakers' win was a fluke because Russell Westbrook went off and because the Lakers, I guess they didn't want to attack anymore because I saw LeBron James take a step-back three when they were trying to come back late in the game. And I'm like, yo, 
throw like this is where and I know some people give Charles Barkley and Shaq a lot of shit because their analysis could be better based on their experiences. Gerard and I exchanged about this in the group chat. We we really agree on this where it's like, yo, dog, you've been through a lot in the NBA. Don't surface your sort of analysis. Tell us more. Like, what are the nuances that you and I aren't going to understand? You and I meaning me and you. Yeah. So, all that being said, why don't they just go? Like, if I'm if I'm if I'm another team, especially if I'm the Lakers, as big as they are, you got to figure out ways to just get inside on this team. Well, man. see, that's the thing. I, like, let, let me get, I, let's talk about that game specifically. I do think the Lakers took their foot off the gas in terms of attacking because everybody wants to I shoot. Agree. I agree with that, but here's why. Look, we love we we both like boxing. Boxing, we love thing we love about boxing is different. I mean, a little styles. less so this year. Different styles versus. make fights. Yeah, I applaud the Rockets in one sense. Kind of don't like the certain things they do, but I do applaud them for understanding. They weren't winning with the roster they had, so I so and they needed, I agree with that. They needed more spacing to make Russell Westbrook less of a liability yes. in the playoffs. If you look at the one thing it did for them in that game against the Lakers for Westbrook, didn't happen against Phoenix, but look at it in this one game, was that with them having the spacing they have, it allows Westbrook to actually do what he does best, which is really attack, take the mid-range jumpers. He took the shots that he's really good at mm-hmm. and can be a really great player at taking those shots. He's, he's, he's like the center now. Yes. <laughs> You use him as a center because he's so explosive. He can still attack. He can get the mid-range. And it's an interesting lane. It's a different style. Do I think this that you can win with the style? And when I say win or be successful, I think what we're talking – well, let's say successful. What I think we're talking about is can you get past the first round? I'm with you. I say no. Did they have a better option? Do I, do I still think if they kept Clint Capella, would they get past the first round? I also think no. So why would you not try it in? Here's the other problem with this too. Let's talk about it. Mike D'Antoni – is a lame duck coach. So mm. why would he not go all in? He yeah. probably doesn't know he's going to be back. I'm also not so sure Daryl Morey's going to be back, especially with the situations that happened with China also. So also, he's not all in. They're going to mortgage the future, go all in on this. They're going to do it their way. I can't knock them for it. I don't think it's going to work, but I don't fault them for trying. I don't disagree with that. But I think it could be both. I think I could applaud them for ha- you know for trying this out since what they were doing clearly wasn't working. But also, I could be like, I hope it doesn't work because I want there to be value to the center position. I do. Here's I just the, want there to be value here's the to thing. that. I think even if this worked and whatever we that means to you, it's a copycat they, league. They, a lot of other people are going to try it. Yeah, but you always. I think you're going to always need rim protection, and <laughs> you're always going to need rim protection. So this might work for a while. And I do as much as I like Russell Westbrook and his aggressiveness to the game. And I think it's great that Russell Westbrook can acknowledge that, hey, I'm not good at shooting threes. Let me do the things I'm good at. Mm-hmm. Fine. I still think at the same time, the elite rim protectors, I think when you have JaVel and Dwight and Anthony Davis yeah. back there in the playoffs, when things slow down a little bit, he's going to get some of his stuff beat up. Yeah, It's going to happen. And I still think its size is going to matter. Now, I think you have to have multifaceted size. I think that the, I agree. You, I don't think the center position. We're we'll getting to this in another podcast. I don't think it can be completely devalued because I still think you need bigs. You need versatile bigs. The Bam Adebayo's of the world that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Porzingis, Jokic, AD, versatile bigs. The bigs Rashawn that are Holmes. The bigs that are in trouble are the bigs that have a very limited skill set on either one side of the ball. Yeah. So this is why you saw Drummond selling low, although I, I have another theory in that. We'll get to that trade in a second, Yes. why he sold so low. Yes. I, I, I'm i concerned. I understand your point about it being a copycat league, but I actually don't think it's going to 
succeed. So I don't think there will be too much copycatting of this. I think people will still see the value of what it is because I still think the Lakers played the Rockets for some reason in the playoffs. AD, Dwight, JaVale, Jokic, any of the other good bigs. Hopefully are, Jamal Crawford is on that Are team. going to <laughs> attack them defensively, and they're going to be fine. I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think the thing you can't do, I think what's interesting is I can see how Houston can get you to fall into the trap and settle for jumpers, right? My yeah, problem with the yeah. Rockets, you know I believe more in the Rockets if this would work? If they were better defensively. If there were more guys in the perimeter mm-hmm. that I trusted defensively, then I think their scheme could actually cause more havoc. But they don't have enough good defenders that I think could actually make this work. They need more 3 and D guys. Covington's a good team defender. If they had a couple years ago when they had Ariza and, and Luka Mbamute, that kind of team would make me believe in it a little bit more. Do you remember, and you do remember this, and real quickly get to the Andre Drummond trade because we got to head out of here. But um, you remember the Knicks season when they won 54 games and people were really concerned that Melo was getting dinged up every now and then because he was playing the four, guarding guys like David West and bigger power forwards. And that was still when power forwards were kind of power forwards. It was a different league. So I'm closing on this in terms of the Houston trade. I'm concerned for P.J. Tucker in that regard. Because that's a bigger size difference, and he's if he's gonna be banging bodies with Jokic all the time or AD, you know, because this right. is the Western Conference, like you know, Carl Anthony Towns. I don't know if they play Minnesota again, but that's a the, fair question. How does that take a toll on it? How does that take a toll on yeah. somebody who's already been around a lot, who's already much older? I know he's tough. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he's one of those he's one of those guys. Right. You know what I'm saying that I really like, right. and I admire him for his toughness and his defensive ability and things like that. But at some point, size matters, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I just don't know. I just, I just don't think it's going to work. You know, we like to hook our listeners up from time to time, and we have a hookup for you today. So for the listeners of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can check out one of my favorite sports books, $40 Million Slaves, The Rise, Fall, and Redemption, of the Black Athlete by William C. Roden. That's available on audible.com with hundreds of thousands of other books that you can listen to today. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash A-H-T-T. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash A-H-T-T for your free audiobook. The Knicks trading Marcus Morris, getting a first-round pick for that. I think we both thought more that was, than a first. More than a first. They got a first, a first, a second. second. Mo Harkless, Queens, Queens, and they also got the rights to um, what was what was the guy's name? You sent me the video, so I watched. Usif Sanan. I don't think I don't know if that's how you pronounce. Well, it. technically, I should all say this was a three-team trade because the Washington Wizards were also. Well, the Wizards sent Usif Sanan. Usif Sanan to, to the Knicks that they got um, the rights to him, who looks. Like an intriguing prospect. I sent you the clip, the, the highlights. And, 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 although, although, here's the thing. Ryan sends me the clip, and Ryan's like, oh, Dex, this is you. This is Because all I like to look at some of the international talent, and I feel like now because No, like, no, it's not, it wasn't even that. Oh, I thought that's what you were going for. My fault. It's because, three things. International, one. Yes. Um, two, the versatility on offense, because yes. he attacks and he can shoot. And three, he's talking shit. The whole video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole video. Well, well here's the thing. <laughs> When I watch it, and this this is this is random. second we'll round pick by the way, forty fourth overall, twenty eighteen hasn't come over yet. Still the, only twenty years old. He's playing. Uh, where is he playing again? Uh, Ukraine. 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 I like what C can do against better competition. He looks athletic enough. Very good first step. 
I didn't get to see enough in that reel on defense. Yeah. And I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of what I could have seen with the outside shot. Very good touch around the basket. Very explosive. You can see the first step that makes you say, like, okay, I can see this guy playing in the NBA. Uh, I need to see a little bit more of decision-making. But, look, I always say if you can try to find these diamonds in the rough, if you can identify these, if Scott Perry did that, then a good job. It seems like the handcuffs have been taken off Scott Perry. He got a first. He got the option to flip a first the next year with the Clippers, which is interesting in case you never know injuries could happen or anything. Mm -hmm. But I thought the Knicks actually did a good job. Now my thing with the Knicks is I won't belabor too long on this. They got to play the young guys. We want to see that. Yes. You got one of the vets out of there. You got a free Mitchell Robinson yeah, already, you man. You were able to flip one of these vets for something good to get an asset. The yeah. Knicks have seven first-round picks over the next four years. How they use that will be very interesting. We'll see. Also, obviously, a good get for the Clippers. They got a guy who I think Cummins is going to help space the floor. He shoots well from three. He's going to fit in very well. I think he's fine. The Lakers obviously did not make any moves on this day. But there's a lot of talk about them signing Darren Collison, uh, who was expected to make a decision after the All-Star break and whether he was signed. Now, the other trade that Brian and I were talking on the phone, and shout-out to Brian because Brian helped me uh, on trade deadline day while Brian was getting his high off the trades. Oh, yeah, I, right. I had come out of a interview for work, and you know I was like, man, I had to drive, so I couldn't like really like be around my phone. So Brian kept me up to date. We were kind of experiencing the last hour of the trade deadline yes, together. That's true. That's um, true. So Brian was telling me this and then we saw the trade of um of Andre, our, Andre Drummond, sorry, blanking for a second. It was Andre Drummond going to Cleveland. To Cleveland in exchange for Brandon Knight, John Henson and a second round pick. Now, what do you think about this? Because I heard this and I think this was on I think this was on the Low Post podcast, but I heard this phrase this way and I was like, when I thought about it this way, I was like, oh, this kind of makes sense. Detroit was trading the fear that Drummond could opt into his contract. So basically they were like, yo, we don't want any parts of that. And when you think about it in that way, it makes a lot of sense. It does. But when somebody knows that you are trading in that way, that makes sense for the reason that you're not going to get that much back in value. So if Detroit's just like, we want to get off the option that he could pick up his option, yeah, we want to get off that. Cleveland's like, okay, we'll give you these expirings in a second-round pick, and that's all you're getting for him. So I don't know if the trade of Drummond devalues the center position as much as Detroit was so afraid of him picking up the option because they didn't want to get stuck with that twenty yeah, million or whatever. I don't know if it devalues it either because of that, because, um, well, I mean, I, I still want to know what's going to happen with Tristan Thompson. I think that if he would go to the Celtics, that would be the move. You see, that, Rich Paul said Rich Paul said he's not he's not looking for a buyout, which is crazy to me. That's uh, I don't understand. Okay, that. what well, what I think Tristan Thompson's an expiring contract, right? So what I'm guessing is that they're just going to ride this out. Andre Drummond actually opts in because really he should opt in because he's who's going to really pay him a lot of money this summer. He should, right? you know what I mean? So at this point, I'm like, you should opt in. Stay in Cleveland, I guess. It's going to be him and Kevin Love, although they'll probably trade Kevin Love. They'll do, they'll do some moving around this summer. But if they build a team around Andre Drummond and you know, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland and Kevin Porter Jr., then you know I guess I'll be intrigued to see what happens. I don't know if this devalues the center position that much because of the circumstances mm -hmm. around Andre Drummond. He's kind of put – the numbers he puts up are crazy. But when you watch him, he's another dude that you got to watch him like – I don't feel like he's impacting the game as much as his numbers would indicate, sort of the same way with Hassan Whiteside. Yep. And I don't think that's a testament to necessarily centers because when I watch Nikola Jokic, he's impacting the game a lot. 
when Joel Embiid is on, he's impacting the game a lot when he's getting points. Bam Adebayo starting to show this now. Now, he's a little bit more of a hybrid because he's sort of a 6'9 center and also plays the four when Myers Leonard is out there. But he like th- those skill sets and dudes that come up big in those moments, like Andre Drummond's not an excellent passer. You know what I mean? Like Jokic is, like Bam is, and Embiid, he could even be a pretty good passer out of the post and things like that. And, I mean, some would regard Giannis as kind of like a center. You know right. what I mean? So I, I I don't know what to make of the center position on that wide sort of landscape there. But I this is that was the worst trade <laughs> to me. Uh, it was confusing because so, you didn't know yeah. what they were going to do with Tristan Thompson. It tells me Tristan Thompson days are probably over, and they couldn't they couldn't even flip him. So maybe the, maybe Cleveland just said, "Hey, we're getting a center." They, I think you're right. It makes a lot of sense that Drummond will opt into his contract. I don't yeah. see why he's not going to get that twenty eight million dollars. Detroit only got year. one second round pick too. But that like, was but it's all about leverage, right? In this stuff, and Detroit, like, like, like Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland had all the leverage here. Yeah, Cleveland got two second round picks in return for Jordan Clarkson and right. Dante Exum. That's what they I'm got saying. a better return for Jordan Clarkson than they did for Andre Drummond. Yeah, but it's because Detroit wanted so badly to get off the money. That's what it tells you when you really sit and think of Detroit. Yeah, Detroit didn't want him to opt in. They must have had intel that he was going to opt yeah. in. I mean, this this is honestly a trade that we don't need to spend that much time on. No, we don't. But but, but uh, I do I do think, and I want to like real quick before we get to one time for your mind because we got to get got to get out of here. Uh, back to the Knicks real quick. I wanted to touch on this. Some Knicks fans were mad that they didn't trade Bobby Portis and you know some of the other guys they have on the roster. They they all have one plus one deals. Like if if it were me you and I wanted to pick them up and try to flip them. In yeah, the summer. Exa- it's not exactly. That Just pick them up and then try to flip them in July. Where they're going to be expiring contracts anyway. Like, there's still value down the line. Like, now, unfortunately, they may be incentivized to play some of those older guys instead of the younger guys in order to increase their value to trade them in the summer. But however it works is however it works. I still think that um, they're still going to win 20 something games. And I look, RJ Barrett, at the time we're recording this, he's getting his first start back tonight. He was injured for a little bit, came off the bench at 12 points in 18 minutes. I think we're going to start to see a better RJ Barrett second half of the season. Marcus Morris is no longer there. Yeah. Marcus Morris is a good player, but now RJ Barrett's going to have the spacing needed to sort of do what he does. Right. I think he's going to have a good, strong end to the season. I, I think we'll see another quick trade that was uh, done. The Warriors traded Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson to the Sixers for a 2020 second round pick and a 2020 oh, yeah, right. second round draft pick. Um, I had to so drop Alec Burks for my fantasy team. That'll be, yeah, and I dropped Glenn Robinson for my fantasy team, too, because they're definitely not going to get the minutes uh, that they were. I don't know how shots. much that helps Philly. I mean, they got a couple guys off the bench, but I would have liked to seen them or the Lakers get Derrick Rose. Yeah, would have been interesting to see. Didn't yeah. see that. All right, so. Um, Jamal Crawford's still out there. A lot of interesting winners and losers <laughs> at the trade deadline. Uh, we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, this was an active one. I don't think we'll have as, a, as an active trade deadline next year, but uh, we'll see how that plays out. So a lot of wheeling and dealing. That was done. One time for your mind, one time. One time for your mind, one time. All right, one time for your mind. Always some interesting stuff. Brian telling me what he's got uh, going on, trying to bring you some new news and different things we found out. What what have you got this week? One time for your mind, Brian. I have, in honor of Black History Month, I wanted to highlight this really quick. Oh, mine's around blackness, too. I love this. I wanted to, yeah, but mine's around you specifically. Because you're doing some really good stuff for black, (laughs) you're doing some really good stuff for Black History Month, and I think people need to be sort of privy to this. Um, This is obviously more of a thing that you can discuss, but like 
you know, you've gone to some HBCUs to yeah. do some work and you've been able to do this on a national level where I'm not necessarily seeing people, especially at a place like AccuWeather where, you know, it's a weather network. Yeah. You know what I mean? This isn't the undefeated. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you're being able to use your platform in ways to sort of tell these stories about Black History Month, um, the significance of it, and just all these different people that you've discussing, uh, been talking to about this. So I think... That should be highlighted. And you could tell us more about that. I'll tell a little bit more. So Black History Month kicked off. I'm doing uh, a series of stories for AccuWeather. Um, there will be, at the time of listening to this podcast, three will be out that you can see. One, the first one was on uh, The Snowy Day, a book by Ezra Jack. He's a Jewish man from Brooklyn, actually from East New York, Brooklyn, mm. uh, who wrote a story um, that I have that I read a lot of as a child uh, about a African-American protagonist who wakes up on this day where there's snow and exploring it. It was the first children's book with an African-American protagonist, and the tie-in is obviously the snow and the weather, that won a major award, the Caldecott Award. And so I did a piece on that. The, I also took a trip to Mississippi last month mm. where I went to Jackson State University, um, which is the first historically black college to offer a program of meteorology. It also is the college where June Bacon Bercy, who was the first uh, woman to be a TV meteorologist and the first black woman to de- receive a degree in meteorology, uh, donated money to start that meteorology lab there. So I have two pieces, one that's on her and her impact, another one on the meteorology lab uh, itself and some of the good things they're doing in their program. It was really dope to talk to the kids down there, um, the faculty, the alumni. Um, and another piece I have coming out will be on diversity uh, in meteorology, how there's a lack of diversity, what's being done about it, if anything. Um, so that should be a good piece I'm working out. And one other on uh, black history in the hockey and the, the tour, they have a great museum. I got to check it out in Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see it when it's in New York, New Jersey. And hopefully for this piece, um, we'll be talking to P.K. Subban and Wayne Simmons, two black players on the New Jersey Devils. Um, obviously, they grew up playing outdoors a lot, hockey in Canada, what the experience was like with that, and what they think of this museum is something I'm going to try to highlight. So getting to bring a little bit of sports into that. And there's another one that I don't know if it's going to happen um, coming up down at the end of the month, but I'll talk a little bit Save more about it, that yeah. later because I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm trying to and I'm really excited to do it. Yeah, but I'll talk about that. But so okay, I, I think yeah. pe- I think people should check all that stuff out. All right, cool. It's, it's good. It's unique to to a lot of the stuff that we're seeing now in terms of how just sort of the coverage is around Black History Month. Yeah. I think people should check that out. I, I it, it's you know it's it's the first time that AccuWeather is doing anything like this. So so you're revolutionizing things. Um, don't yeah, don't undersell it. <laughs> <laughs> so I so I'm you know I'm, I, it's it's an honor to be able to tell the stories I think of your people or your culture. Um, anytime you could do that. So for Black History Month is good, and I'm glad I was able to find and do it. Now hopefully, um, it'll continue with more. It's the first time they did it, but it's important stories to tell. We want to continue it for you know I was talking to some people. We want to continue it for Women's History Month next month. We want to continue it for um, Hispanic you know History Month in uh, September. Um, September slash October. October. It's all right, though. Puerto yeah. Rican Day Parade comes. We're going to take over. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, <laughs> that's something I definitely want to do and, and look at doing. So, you know, always important to do that. Okay. So that was a good Black History Month tie-in. Oh, yeah. So for me, I came across something that actually has to do with Black History. So I found this story on the site. It was actually sent to me. I love the name of this site. Gal Dem is the name of the site. <laughs> Keeping it real Caribbean. I love it. <laughs> Title of the story by uh, Sister Moya Lothian McLean. Facial recognition can't tell black and brown people apart, but the police are using it anyway. And this is coming out of the UK. So London's Metropolitan Police Force 
announced in a tweet that they will be rolling out live facial recognition technology across the city starting this month in Black History Month. Four months. They're going to start it this month, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people had some reactions to this. Um, but it, I don't know if you've seen this, Brian, but there's been a lot of debate around facial recognition, right? There's oh, been two highly problematic. Two, uh, two things that are highly problematic around it, yeah. right? One, this has been shown even in things of facial recognition on the phones. One is that it's been proven to be like racist, right? And that there's things that it can't identify. Like most other things right. in America. And two, <laughs> it doesn't even work. Right? Like the success <laughs> rate of it actually isn't good. Right? Like it's it's literally not good. So check this. In 2018, Massachusetts Institute of Technology graduate student Joy Balamwini, sorry if I mispronounce your name, led a series of studies investigating facial recognition systems from the likes of Microsoft, IBM, and Amazon. She found them to be endemically racist. Initial research found that the tech-only mismatched the image of light-skinned men 0.8% of the time. When it came to black and brown individuals, the rate of inaccuracy shot up. Hold on, the numbers. Darker-skinned women had a misidentification rate of 34%. Okay? I'm not going to belabor on too many of the stats that came on here, but even even there was numbers and research that found out in this uh, facial identification program that the UK, they're going to use in the UK by the police task force, you know what the success, sex rate, the, the failure rate was on it? 81%. How of course. Would, hold of course. on. Would you, would you want to launch anything that failed 81% of the time? No. Because like, numbers aren't good. That's, oh, right? God. So why would, you not, why would you not use it better if you want to use it? Personally, I don't think it should be used because I think there's a lot of bad things that can come they about have, They this. have all of our stuff anyway. So. No, but it also it, it allows you to then target people, in, especially <clears throat> no, people of yeah, color, no, in a true. different way that is extremely dangerous, right? So it, it's not only that. Like there's already targets for people of color, right? But it just becomes even more dangerous. But I don't understand how this is being allowed when the success rate is so low. So one time for your mind, you can check that article out. Um, it is called, again, Facial Recognition Can't Tell Black and Brown People Apart, but the police are using it anyway by Moya Lothian McLean. She did a really good job in the article, and there's a lot of great research on it. So this Word. is not just opinion. There's also facts behind it. So uh, stop the racism, man. Yeah. Like, like, anyway, so uh, first episode of Black History Month. We are back. We are here. We have a lot of great content coming for you this month. Be sure to follow us. Support the Patreon page, whatever you guys need to do. Uh, with that, that's it. We're going to get out of here for episode 109. 109. Brian's still high. Yes. Off the trade deadline, <laughs> the wheeling and dealing. <laughs> that is Brian Fonseca. I'm Dexter Henry. Until next time, y'all. Do- Peace.